0: This is Vitriol Place, one of the producers of Once Upon a Wasteland and the voice of Odessa Valdez in the show. I'd like to take a moment before we start the episode to let you know about our Patreon, which you can find at patreon.com/onceuponawasteland. It's a great way to support the show and to get some perks, including behind-the-scenes content, access to our private Discord server, and exclusive merchandise. Now, let's find out what Beth and Odessa are up to in this episode. Thank you for listening.
1: Once upon a time, 27 years after the bombs fell, there were two people, a vault dweller and a California girl. They met, and sparks flew. That's when things got
2: interesting.
1: This is their story.
3: Once Upon a Wasteland Season 2, Episode 3 This New Kind of War
1: Whoa, Cindy, what is it? Do you have to leave? Did something happen back at the bunker? Are you okay? You look upset.
4: I'm okay. I'm fine. It's Beth. What about Beth? That was the colonel. They were just finishing up their mission. Beth was hanging back with their contact, Hex, exchanging intel.
0: Beth mentioned Hex. She said she was trying to talk her into coming down here for a visit. They really hit it off.
4: But when they went back to get her, Beth was gone. Gone? Yeah. Hex said that she met up with somebody and then they went off to take a look at something. At what? Hex didn't know. And she didn't recognize the person that Beth left with. But not long after that, a bunch of fanatics attacked the building that Beth had been staying in. They practically leveled the place. Whatever she was investigating probably saved her life. But the thing is... Beth is missing. Missing? Oh no. But you're sure she wasn't in that building? Yes, we're sure. Look, Odessa, I know that you want to march up there yourself, but... They will find her. I promise.
0: I need to be there, Cindy. I can help. It's what, a two-day march? Amanda, you can come with. But
4: I don't think she wants you to.
0: I know you're trying to make me feel better.
4: No, no. She left a message with Hex before she left. I wrote it down. Keep the home fires burning. Looking forward to trying the cobbler recipe Paladin Romani gave you. Our friend Craig may know where to find some ingredients. Have fun with Amanda and Cindy while I'm gone, but not too much. I love you.
1: She doesn't want me to worry. And how's that going? Uh,
4: Not well. Oh, that must be the Colonel again. She might have an update. I'll be right back.
1: So. So. I know what you're going to say. Beth sent that message in code for a reason. Yeah, because she didn't know who might be listening in.
0: Or because she did know who would be listening in. Look, Amanda... We can trust her, kitten. I trust her. I do not trust the Enclave. And like it or not, she's an Enclave officer. We both know how seriously she
1: takes that. Hell, it's one of the things I love about her. Look, she called Cindy out by name in the message. Have fun with Amanda and Cindy, but not too much. Could mean a
0: lot of things.
1: Like what? What? Never mind. Anyway, I've had to parse a lot of Beth's coded messages, and I think she's trying to tell you that it's okay to bring her in.
0: (sighs) I think you're right. I'm just worried. I can't help it. As soon as I heard, keep the home fires burning.
1: Yeah, knowing a coded message was coming always made me clench, too. But she's okay, and she wants us to do a little legwork until she gets back. That message would have been very different if she felt she was in danger. They attacked the building she was staying in right after she left. Okay, yeah, that part's a little concerning, but let's not jump to any conclusions yet.
4: Hey, Cindy. Any updates? No new info, but the colonel did give me some context. Odessa, she said not to worry. Everybody telling me not to worry is making me worry. We got lucky. Two people on the team had to be swapped out at the last minute, and their replacements are the best trackers we have. The colonel wasn't happy about having to send them at the time, but talk about luck. Do they have any leads? None yet. The trackers are already out in the field. The good news is that it looks like neither Beth nor the team itself was the target of that fanatic attack.
0: Are you sure?
4: I would love to tell you that we're 100% certain, but we're not. Hex is out helping the trackers search for her right now. She feels responsible. Ugh, it's not her fault. I know, but either way, she's not going to rest until she finds Beth, and neither is our team. Thank you, Cindy. And please, thank the colonel for me when you talk to her. Of course. Do you think Craig McCallum will have any actionable intel? You knew it was a coded message? Of course I did. Amanda and I used that kind of code back when we were still keeping things under wraps.
0: Were you planning on mentioning that at any point? (laughs) I was getting there. I do think that Craig may have some information that we can use, but he's not due back in town until tomorrow. He told us he had some family business to attend to last time we were at the club. Wait, his family is originally from that area. Not Pittsburgh itself, but not far from there. Do you think... No, she wouldn't have phrased it that way if she ducked out on a side mission with him. It's more likely that she wants me to follow up with him about that new faction Layla briefed me on.
4: I think you mean us?
0: You and Amanda deserve some time to yourselves. I'll see what I can find out tomorrow, but... Until then... Until then, I think I need to take everybody's advice and try... Stop worrying. We'll help distract you. You two finally have some alone time. I can't ask you to do that. You don't have to.
1: We insist. But... But what? I can't guarantee that we won't have a, well, more fun than Beth wants us to, though. guess she should have thought of that before she ran off with her new friend. (laughs) Well, I guess we better get started, then.
5: Thank you. Odessa, what a pleasant surprise. Would you like some coffee? Not Irish, or otherwise? You look tired. But beautiful, of course. But, but tired. It was a...
0: long night.
5: (laughs) I see. Is Beth back from Pittsburgh yet?
0: No. In fact, that's what I wanted to talk to you about.
5: Is everything all right?
0: It might be. I hope it is. But I'd like to get your insight. You understand the pit better than anyone I know.
5: It still hurts to hear it referred to by that name. I know it's an accurate description... But still. I'm sorry. As am I. But it's alright. This war and how people have dealt with this fallout have taken something from all of us. And others? Well, it's taken everything from them. So how can I help?
0: Let's talk in private. Of course. Is missing.
5: Missing? This is more serious than I thought.
0: Do you know a union operative in the pit named Hex?
5: Yes, I know Hex.
0: I take it you don't get along?
5: I wouldn't put it that way. We have different goals, and that makes it more difficult to collaborate, even when our interests do align. Especially when one party is as bullheaded as she is. <laughs> That fits Beth's description. Is Hex involved in Beth's disappearance?
0: Not directly, but Hex was the last person who saw her before she ran off with an unknown person for unknown reasons.
4: Hmm.
5: Well, I'm not sure what I can do, but I'm happy to help in any way that I can. I do still have a reasonably strong network of contacts up there, and I'll get in touch with them immediately.
0: Thank you, and I'm sure that will help, but... That's not the reason I wanted to talk to you about this.
5: Oh? What is? Now you really have my attention.
0: Beth left a coded message with Hex. She told me not to worry, and also that I should speak with you.
5: And I take it she didn't say why?
0: Unfortunately, no, she didn't. But given the context, have you heard of the Order of the Emerald Pike?
5: Oh, yes. They're an interesting bunch, but they don't seem like the type to be involved in something like that.
0: Why do you say that?
5: They're not like Mothman cultists. They mostly keep to themselves.
0: Yes, to the point that I'd never even heard of them until a couple of days ago.
5: That's all down to how they operate. Not so much in the shadows as completely out of sight, at least until they take action. I've never been able to get a feel for what they want, and believe me, I've tried.
0: When you say take action, what do you mean? What kinds of things do they actually do?
5: Well, that's just it. There's no pattern, and it's turned them into almost a ghost story. A ghost story?
0: What do you mean?
5: They seem to exist at the periphery of major events, and it's been that way for a very long time. How long? Centuries, best I can tell. Uh, When I was a kid, I I was fascinated by secret societies, and those guys were... Kind of a pet project of mine for years. They're very good at hiding themselves. But you can spot them if you know what you're looking for. And they pop up occasionally throughout history. With something like that, it can be hard to separate fact from fiction. People build up a mythology around them. There's ebbs and flows to it. But when the Emerald Pike go back to lurking in the shadows, people start to fill in the blanks themselves.
0: Pattern recognition. Our brains are wired to recognize patterns as survival instinct. There are several competing theories on how it works, and Piaget's research on the topic is especially
5: fascinating. Odessa!
0: Sorry. This would have been easier if I was still Courtney.
5: (laughs) Here, you can be anyone you want.
0: None of this tracks with what we're seeing. Hallett and Romani briefed me on intel that they'd received specifically about the Emerald Pike. It wasn't much, but she knew who they were, and knew they were worth keeping an eye on.
5: Did she tell you where she got that intel?
0: Not directly, but they ended up on our intelligence division's
5: radar somehow. And the intel just made its way to you.
0: What are you saying?
5: I'm saying that when a group that's managed to keep itself mostly secret for this long suddenly makes itself known, it's probably not a coincidence.
0: (sighs) That, unfortunately, is a good point.
5: Also, unfortunately, my notes were lost during the war, so all we have to go on is whatever's still rattling around up here.
0: That's going to be a lot more than we know right now. Are they violent?
5: No, they're not violent at all.
0: Why would a group that's not violent name themselves after a weapon?
5: A weapon? I don't understand.
0: They named themselves after a medieval polearm. That doesn't exactly scream non-violent to me.
5: Oh, I see. Not that kind of pike.
0: I'm listening.
5: It's pike. Like, turnpike? A highway? The original Latin is Ordo Via viridis," Order of the Green Highway, basically.
0: Why didn't they just say highway?
5: One thing I learned in my research is that translators rarely pass up an opportunity to get flowery.
0: Well, Green Highway isn't violent, but it's no less confusing.
5: Imagine researching the Emerald Pike for more than a decade.
0: As much as I enjoy research, I'd rather
5: not. (laughs) I don't blame you. I spent a lot more time than I probably should have just trying to figure out if that specific translation had any hidden meaning. I eventually decided that it was just a 17th century translator showing off. Something's bothering you.
0: I'm just worried about Beth. I know she told me not to be, but I can't help it.
5: We always worry about the people we love. There's no avoiding it. Davina and I worry about each other all the time. Do you have any siblings? Back in California?
0: No. I'm an only child. I was only a toddler when the bombs fell. After that, building the brotherhood and just surviving, put any plans my parents might have had to grow the family on hold. And, well...
5: They never quite got around to it.
0: Yes. But I never sensed that they regretted it. It's one of the things that Beth and I have in common. Having parents who always loved us. Unconditionally. Maybe I'll... It to see them again someday.
5: I hope you do. I'm sure they miss you as much as you miss them.
0: Um, back to the topic at hand.
5: Yes, of course.
0: Would you be willing to talk to Knight Carlson? He's the lead on this, whatever this is, and talking to you directly would be a lot more efficient than doing it through me.
5: I'm willing to do it as a favor to you, and because it might help Beth. But I want to reiterate that our arrangement does not include me or my sister becoming Brotherhood assets.
0: I understand. And thank you.
5: Now, it's my turn to ask you for a favor.
0: What is it?
5: Have lunch with us. It's been ages and Davina is dying to catch up.
0: If I can use your radio to make the arrangements with Knight Carlson first, you've got a deal.
6: Navia, I hope I'm not interrupting. Are you alright?
7: Um, I'm fine, Paladin Hewitt. What can I do for you?
6: I just wanted to check in and make sure that Scribe Hargrove is treating you well.
7: Oh, yes, Paladin, he's been great. And it's fascinating to work with another experienced Scribe, especially one Scribe Valdez trained herself. Can I ask you something, Paladin?
6: Only if you call me Derek. I don't stand on ceremony.
7: Okay. Derek, you knew Scribe Valdez back in California, right?
6: Uh, yes. I did.
7: What was she like? Has she always been this amazing?
6: (laughs) Uh, as long as I've known her. Yes, she has.
7: How long have you known her?
6: Pretty much our entire lives. We grew up together. Here. Let me show you something.
7: Is that her? She's so young!
6: <laughs> that was in 2096. She was 21. And I was 23. Seems like forever ago.
7: Who are the other people in the picture?
6: Well, those are her parents on the left and my parents on the right. That's me, right there next to her. It was a Brotherhood event to celebrate my promotion from an initiate, tonight.
7: I didn't even know the Brotherhood held events for that kind of thing.
6: They don't, usually. (sighs) My parents insisted. I was embarrassed. I didn't want that kind of attention. At least I was able to convince them to keep it small.
7: It looks like you had a great time anyway. Your parents look so proud. Odessa does too. Gosh, the way she's looking at you... You two must have been close. I bet it was hard when she left.
6: It was. Still is, in a lot of ways.
7: Oh, no, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to pry.
6: It's alright, described Navia.
7: Call me Jess. It's only fair.
6: (laughs) Okay, Jess. But really, it's fine. I know us being here is going to lead to a lot of questions, and I'd rather people ask them than speculate. That kind of thing and be deeply harmful to Mariah. So, to your original question, she's the most amazing person I've ever known. I mean that literally. There wasn't a single day that she didn't do something that left me in awe of her. Big stuff, small stuff, it didn't matter.
7: That's, um, wow. I hope I have a friend that talks about me like that someday.
6: I hope you do. Do. And if you do, well, my advice is to do everything you can to hold on to that. friendship. Yes, sir! <laughs> you'll, you'll never find a better mentor than Odessa Valdez. That much I know. As a scribe, or as a person.
7: So many people admire her. And that's created its own problems, but even she handles that with the kind of grace I never could.
6: What kind of problems?
7: People seem to develop... What's the word she uses? Parasocial relationships with her.
6: I'm sorry. I'm not familiar with that term.
7: She's effectively a celebrity out here. Even though that's the last thing she wants. Everybody loves her. And... That leads some people to think they have an actual... Like... Personal relationship with her.
6: Oh. I can see how that could lead to problems.
7: Most of them are harmless enough. They think Odessa is their friend because they've had a handful of interactions and she was polite to them.
6: Most of them. What about the others?
7: There have been a few who, well, they thought there was, you know, a romantic connection. Some of them pursued that and sometimes they didn't want to believe her when she said she wasn't interested. She always put on a brave face, but it bothered her. She's so much more than that, but people kept coming in here and asking her out like that was all she had to offer. Fortunately, that's mostly died down. Now that everyone knows she's not only with somebody, but somebody who can make them disappear.
6: Wait, is Beth a mercenary or something? Is she dangerous? I didn't want to ask too many questions when we talked, but...
7: Oh, no, it's nothing like that. (laughs) Beth has kind of built up her own reputation in Appalachia. She's not someone you'd want to mess with. And she loves Odessa. Fiercely. It's cute how protective you still are of her. You're a good friend.
6: Thanks. I tried to be.
7: Tried? I might be... Overstepping a little bit, but it seems like you shouldn't be using past tense. I mean, you came all the way here, and based on how you talk about her, it seems like that friendship might be a big part of why you're here. Sorry. Scribe Valdez taught me to analyze everything. And that's hard to turn off sometimes.
6: (laughs) Dessa struggled with that as well. So you're in good company.
7: (laughs) What can I say? She's a good teacher.
6: And if she's taking you under her wing, you must be a good student.
7: Thanks. (laughs) I try to be.
6: Present tense. I see what you did there.
7: I guess you're pretty perceptive yourself. If you're ever up for telling stories about Odessa, I'm all ears. They don't even have to be embarrassing ones. But the look on your face tells me that you are not up for doing that right now.
6: That is an... accurate assessment, Scribe. Well done.
7: There's... something else I'd like to talk to you about. If it's okay.
6: Sure. What's up?
7: I don't know the backstory, but... my guess is that there is one. But if there's one thing I hope you see while you're conducting your... assessment, it's that we're building something really important here something good, and it's something worth keeping.
6: Well, with the caveat that we haven't been here that long. Everything we've seen so far supports that. Well, we started hearing stories when we were hundreds of miles away. People out there know the name of the Appalachian Brotherhood of Steel. They've built up quite a reputation in just a few years. It's impressive. And the quality of the people who are joining your cause is a further demonstration of that.
7: Wow. Thank you, Paladin Hewitt.
6: Don't mention it, Scribe Navia. Thanks for the talk. I have to have a quick conversation with Paladin Romani. Then, I think I'm going to explore a little.
7: Appalachia is a fascinating place. Have fun, but be careful, okay?
6: I will.
0: Eric, What are you doing here?
6: I thought it would be a good idea to wander around Appalachia on my own and really get a feel for the place.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. You've never wandered around in your life.
6: (laughs) Okay. I wanted to check in on you.
0: (laughs) That's better.
6: Layla told me where I could find you. She said it would be okay. She tried to get you on the radio, but you didn't answer. If it's not okay, I... I can just go back to Fort Atlas.
0: It's fine. Come in.
6: Still no word from Beth?
0: Nothing yet. I've had my radio locked onto the frequency the Enclave is using to keep me updated on their search.
6: How are you holding up?
0: Uh, as well as can be expected, I guess. How are things at Fort Atlas? They're
6: great, actually. Dave is working with the Junior Scribes, and Randall has been huddling up with Night Meriwether. They're already acting like old pals.
0: I had a feeling they'd get along.
6: Dave's ready to go home already, but I might have to pry Randall away with a crowbar. (laughs) He likes it here. I was talking to your protégé.
0: You talked to Jeff? About what?
6: Mostly making sure that she and Dave were getting along.
0: Are they? The whole Dave experience can be a little jarring if you're not prepared for it.
6: (laughs) You're not wrong about that. But they're getting along fine, and he's having a blast with the other Junior Scribes, too. All three of us are kind of a novelty, so that helps.
0: What else did you and Jess talk about? You said, mostly.
6: Well, we also talked about you.
0: Derek, you didn't.
6: No, I didn't. As far as she or anybody else at Atlas knows, other than Layla, of course, we were just close friends. We served together. Good. I did... kind of maybe show her the picture of us at my knighthood ceremony.
0: Not the one where I'm making moon eyes at you.
6: Well, in fairness, there are a lot of pictures like that. And vice versa. But it's the one I've always kept with me. And I thought it would be nice for her to get a feel for... what things were like... before.
0: You keep a picture of us with you?
6: Yeah. I know it's hokey, but... I guess it was to remind myself of the kind of thing we're fighting to preserve. That no matter how ugly this world gets, there are still some things worth fighting for.
0: Oh, Derek. But I guess you're right. It is hokey.
6: <laughs> That's not the only reason I kept it. I know. <clears throat> so, speaking of things worth fighting for, What can I do to help?
0: You mean... to find Beth?
6: Yeah. Anything. You need it, name it.
0: Well, right now it's mostly in the hands of the Enclave since they already have personnel on the ground. And based on what Cindy said...
6: Cindy? I'm sorry. I'm still getting used to names and faces.
0: Oh, that's right. You haven't met her. She's an Enclave officer and Amanda's girlfriend.
6: And I take it she's a friend of yours as well?
0: She is... A good one.
6: So? Brotherhood personnel regularly fraternize with the Enclave?
0: Yes, Paladin. We do.
6: Sorry, I didn't mean to-
0: The reality here is very different from the reality at Lost Hills. We've learned that the best way forward is cooperation. Sometimes we learned that the hard way. Things were pretty grim before we got here.
6: Yeah. Layla told me all about the Scorched Plague.
0: Oh, it wasn't just that. Before things settled into something that started to resemble a society, people were at each other's throats, even more than usual in the Wasteland. The Blood Eagles are still a problem, but there were raider gangs, powerful ones that made everyone's life more hellish than it already was. People had to make a lot of difficult decisions just to survive.
6: Was Beth one of those people who had to make difficult decisions?
0: Beth was in Vault 76 until Reclamation Day, so she missed the worst of it, thankfully. But the vault had its own monsters.
6: Interesting. Our research indicated that Vault 76 was one of the control vaults, it was actually intended to preserve the best and brightest.
0: Oh, it was. But I guess it's not all that dissimilar to what happened here. After the war, so many people out here gave in to their base instincts. Those raiders? Most of them were regular people before the war, but society fell apart and they figured out who they really were. And it wasn't pretty.
6: What does that have to do with Vault 76? It's not like the people in there turned into raiders.
0: Did they? No, but some of them turned into something much worse. They realized they had power and a captive audience, and they used it. How? I don't want to talk about it, but they hurt people badly in ways that would make even the worst raider turn away in disgust. I understand. One of the things that Beth taught me is that looking at everything as a binary proposition is counterproductive at best.
6: Either no, Max and the Council would disagree.
0: So would Danny. That's why he and Layla always butted heads. And it's also why it's been such a difficult thing for me to put into practice. I've had that worldview drilled into me as long as I can remember. So I don't trust the Enclave, but I trust Cindy, and I certainly don't trust Vault Tec and I don't trust the overseer and her mute fruit pie and coffee act, but I've worked with Vault-Tec personnel who are good people in spite of who they worked for. There was a philosopher back in the 20th century who said, when I was a boy and I would see scary things, my mother said, look for the helpers. You will always find people who are helping. So that's what I've tried to do
6: Look for the helpers. He sounds like a very wise man.
0: He was. And I hope that's what people think of when they think of the Appalachian Brotherhood. That were the helpers he was talking about. And helping is exactly what you were asking about. Sorry.
6: <laughs> yes, I do want to help. But I really missed conversations like this, too, so I wasn't about to stop.
0: Well, that's the frustrating part. I don't know if there's anything to do, or even worse, if doing something is just going to get in her way and delay her coming back. Or worse. But when I got kidnapped last year, she moved heaven and earth to get me back. How am I supposed to just sit on my hands when I don't know if she's in danger?
6: Okay, deep breath. First thing. And this is going to be the toughest part. Looking at it objectively. Do you trust her? What? Do you trust her?
0: Yes. I trust her. Implicitly. Explicitly. Completely.
6: Good. Her message told you not to worry, right? You know her a lot better than I do. But I'd take that to mean that she has a plan that she's confident in. And, well, she knows you're going to worry. <sighs>
0: That's accurate. I wish she hadn't been so cryptic.
6: You two always keep in touch when she's away.
0: Of course. I'm sure you remember how I am about that.
6: (laughs) I do. That's why I figured you did. And if she's anything like me, she doesn't like being out of contact any more than you do. Do you normally speak in code when you talk?
0: No. Well, not unless we had to.
6: There you go. She sent the message in code because she had to. Maybe because the Enclave was listening in, and whatever she was working on had to stay off their radar. Maybe for another reason. But for a reason.
0: You're right. I mean, I guess I've known all of that all along, but it's hard waiting. I did the specific task that she asked me to do, but now there's nothing left to do but wait. And I hate it.
6: I know. I think the best thing for you to do right now is to spend some time with someone who cares about you.
0: Derek, I...
6: I didn't mean me. I think that could introduce... I don't know.
0: Complications? Confusion? Derek, I know you don't want to hear this, but there's no confusion on my part. I'm not going to say that you being here doesn't complicate things a lot, but Beth and I... Our relationship is not one of them. Derek, you know I respect you, and that hasn't changed, even with everything that's happened. So I'm just going to say this as directly as I can. I feel like it's my responsibility, to myself and to the woman I love, to tell you that I'm not interested in rekindling Any old fires. I don't have romantic feelings for you, Derek. Not anymore. I just don't. I'm sorry.
6: Don't be. Look, bottom line. Are you happy?
0: Yes, I am. Very happy.
6: That's all I needed to hear.
0: Are you okay?
6: Me? Of course I'm okay.
0: I actually believe that. And I'm glad. You deserve to be happy, too, you know?
6: Thanks. I'm going to head back to Fort Atlas, okay? Think about what I've said. i about spending time with people who care about you. You've made a lot of good friends here. It's okay to lean on them sometime.
0: I think I will. Thanks for the advice. Talk later?
6: Hopefully not too much later. Have fun. paladin do you have a moment
2: i have as many moments as you need Derek. what's on your mind
6: just checking in wanted to see if there was any updates on odessa's situation
2: i understand that you want to help her but as you know we're not working on that directly
6: how about indirectly
2: knight carlson is continuing to investigate the order of the emerald pike he met with one of odessa's contacts this morning about them in fact
6: Would it be alright if Knight Carlson briefed me on that conversation?
2: Of course. We're an open book, and beyond that, we can always use the insight that a set of eyes as experienced as yours can provide. (laughs) Are you calling me old Layla? You do have a little bit of grey around the temples that wasn't there when we left on the expedition, but it suits you. How is Odessa?
6: She's managing. Hates sitting on her hands. She wants to be in Pittsburgh looking for Beth herself right now. But she trusts her.
2: She has experience with that kind of thing.
6: <sighs> I know how hard it was for her when I was out on extended field
2: ops. But in those cases, you were able to stay in radio contact, so she knew you were okay. That's not the case here.
6: Yeah, she had her parents too, and Scribe Takano. I'm glad she has a strong support network here.
2: She does. The bonds within the Appalachian Brotherhood are every bit as strong as they are back at Lost Hills. Beth's parents treat her like their own daughter. And she has Amanda, of course.
6: What's Amanda's story?
2: What do you mean?
6: I know a raider bar when I see one.
2: Oh. That.
6: Yes. That. What did you think I was talking
2: about? Amanda is a special case. She's nominally a raider, yes, and you definitely do not want to cross her. She and Beth were… an item before Odessa met her.
6: And now the three of them are…
2: Good friends. Very good friends, in fact. I know this might sound counterintuitive, but I trust Amanda. That is, in large part, due to direct interactions with her, even working with her on operations.
6: You work with a raider on operations?
2: We work with whomever we need to in order to further the mission of the Brotherhood. If that creates strange bedfellows, so be it. Maxon would not like that. Maxon isn't here. Look, Derek, this isn't Lost Hills. Elder Maxon empowered me to run this expedition as I saw fit, and that's what I am doing.
6: He also ordered you to re-establish contact as soon as you could. You're always going to have a wide berth, but this was never intended to be a completely autonomous operation.
2: And when that became an impossibility, we had to pivot. Based on what you've seen so far, Can you honestly say that we're not abiding by the Brotherhood's mission? Its values?
6: No. I can't. You've done amazing work here, Layla. All of you have. You've collected and preserved so much technology already.
2: And we're helping people. There's more to life than just hoarding technology, no matter how noble the reasons behind doing that might be. I don't want another apocalypse any more than he does, but we can't use that as an excuse to ignore the greater good.
6: I understand your position, Layla. I do. And seeing your philosophy and practice, well... It's impressive. Look, between you and me, resources are becoming an issue back home. Maxon wants to expand the Brotherhood. We don't have the manpower to run everything centrally. It's a good problem to have, but...
2: But it's still a problem. What are you getting at?
6: There's an appetite among the Council to allow geographically distinct chapters operate more or less independently some of them see it as only a realistic way to spread the brotherhood's values
2: how does your father feel about it
6: he's a pragmatist he doesn't have a firm position on it yet but he has reservations about whether it will work in practice we've seen what happens out there when people are left to their own devices no pun intended
2: he's a good man pragmatist is selling him short
6: he wants what's best for people But he views that through the lens of the Brotherhood and its core values. That's not going to change.
2: That's something we've always had in common.
6: That was one of the reasons he recommended you so strongly for this mission. And why he...
2: Why he what?
6: As soon as the decision was made that Odessa and I would be a part of this expedition, his priority became ensuring that whoever led the expedition would be someone he could trust not only with his son, but with the woman his son was going to marry, And the family they'd eventually have. There was nobody better than you and a big part of that was that you understood the nuance in the Brotherhood's mission. Danny was brought in because he didn't do nuance and the hardliners on the council needed someone like that to be involved they were going to sign off. I see. I'm not implying that the only reason you were chosen to command this expedition was because my father wanted to protect his future grandchildren. You're the best person for the job. And from everything I've seen so far, you still are.
2: Thank you.
8: Palin? Scribe Navia is with me. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt.
2: It's fine. Come in.
8: Something strange just happened.
2: Define strange.
8: I was just wrapping up some paperwork and Scribe Navia came to my office with this. She said it appeared in the lab right next to where she was working. and appeared?
7: Yes. I-, I know it doesn't make sense, but I looked up and a big white envelope just there, on the table. Nobody came in or out, and I would have noticed it as soon as I walked in the door.
2: You didn't open it?
7: No. Not yet. I... I wanted to let you know immediately before I did anything with it.
6: Good call. What's on it? Just this
8: symbol. I've never seen it before. How about you?
6: No. Definitely never anything quite like it. It's not exactly in my area of expertise, though. I'll get the team on it right away.
2: Let's check with the personnel stationed at the entrances. They might have noticed someone skulking around. The public areas are, well, public, but someone sneaking into your office is disquieting. Do you have your notebook with you?
8: I don't. We kind of rushed down here.
2: It's fine. I'll just grab one so we.
6: Oh. That was an ominous sounding O. Oh.
8: It's the same envelope, but the symbol is different.
2: We need to lock this place down immediately.
8: Yes, ma'am. On it?
2: Oh my god. What is it? Look at your chair.
8: Another envelope. And another symbol.
7: It looks like all three of them have different symbols. Do you know what they mean?
8: We don't. But the bigger question right now is just how they sort of… appeared. I hate magic tricks.
7: Scribe Valdez always says, any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic.
2: I definitely prefer a technological explanation to a magical one. Do you know if anyone else has found any?
7: No. It seems like business as usual out there. And I think anybody who found one would be as freaked out as I am right now.
2: Okay. So, working under the theory that we're the only three people who received them, why us? Well,
8: you're all Brotherhood personnel, but that's the only commonality that jumps out at me.
6: Should we...
2: Open them? At this point, I don't think we have much of a choice.
6: Let's just be careful. Someone's clearly trying to send us a message. I hope it's not the exploding kind. I'll go first. It's coordinates. Just a piece of paper. Nothing dangerous.
2: Mine has coordinates, too. Let's spread them on the desk.
6: They're the same coordinates.
7: Where is that?
6: I recognize them. The spider's web. Amanda's bar.
2: That doesn't make sense.
6: No, it doesn't. Unless she started doing some sort of mystical advertising campaign that we don't know about.
2: That seems unlikely. Let's make sure that nobody else got an envelope like this and then head to the Spider's Web. Whatever answers we need are probably going to be there. Greg, copy those symbols and hand them off to your team to see if they can come up with anything. And brief Knight Merriweather, he needs to know about this. Yes, ma'am. Well, if nothing else, I could use a drink right now.
1: Yeah, you feel it too? It's like there's something in the air.
8: Luckily the patrons are operating
0: at their normal level of weird.
1: Speaking of weird, what are Romani and Derek doing here? I don't recognize a girl. She's cute
2: though. Amanda, I'm sorry to barge in like this. Barge away! But I get the feeling you're
1: not here to unwind after a long day at Atlas.
2: We're not. This is going to sound strange, but hear me out. We all found envelopes that were reasonably certain were intended for us. Reasonably certain? They didn't have our names on them, just symbols, but how we discovered them carries that implication. They all had a card inside with the coordinates of your bar.
1: I got one too, but it didn't have any coordinates. Probably because I found it here.
4: Amanda! Something very
1: strange is going on. You two also got envelopes? With the bar's coordinates inside? Yes. How did you know? What the hell is going on? These three got the same thing, and I'm guessing they just kind of showed up for you, right? Yes, they
0: did. Cindy and I were just discussing that before we came inside. I don't
1: believe in magic, but if I did, well, that's what it seemed like. As for what's going on, I have no idea. But, ugh, I think I might know how to find out. At this point, I am wide open to suggestions. The card in my envelope had a picture of stairs. All of yours had coordinates and brought you here. So, I guess I'm supposed to lead us into the basement? That's ominous, but it almost makes sense. I mean, it
0: doesn't make sense, but it's about as close to logical as I think we're going to
2: get. We're alarmed. Just in case. There's no telling what we're going to encounter. Good call. I'll lead the way. I'll be right behind you. Derek, take our six. We don't need anything sneaking up on us. Yes, ma'am. Bones, keep an eye on things up here. If anything
1: happens, it's all hands on deck. Contact the Brotherhood, the Enclave, Foundation, everybody.
8: You got it, boss. And hey, please be careful, okay?
1: What am I ever not careful? Alright, alright, I see your point. We'll be careful.
0: Ugh. I feel it too. It's like how I felt in the dream, or whatever it was. Anybody else?
6: Nothing out of the ordinary here. How about you guys? Looks like whatever it is, only affecting you two. Want me to take point?
1: Nah, I got it. Just a twinge of... Cosmic angst? Yeah, something like that. Everything looks pretty normal down here. I have an idea.
6: What are you thinking?
0: A couple of months ago, there was an explosion down here. Amanda and I investigated, and it turned out to be an old hallucinogen gas canister. We ended up getting knocked out and having some very vivid dreams. Vivid and weird.
1: Do you remember it at all? The dream? We never talked about it. Like it was yesterday. We found a cavern, I guess, and we kept going deeper and deeper, and so we got to the end and there was this mysterious figure who told us that we weren't supposed to be there yet.
6: yet. That's pretty weird, but dreams can be that way, even ones that aren't helped along by hallucinogenic
1: gas.
0: I had exactly the same dream, and I remember it as vividly as you seem to.
1: So you're saying what? That it was some sort of multi-user shared hallucination? What if it wasn't
0: a hallucination at all? What if it really happened and we were just made to believe it wasn't real?
1: I think I see where you're going with this. We go into the room where we got knocked out by the gas, or at least where we thought we did.
0: There was a door in that room, in the dream, but not when we woke up. If it's there... Then we go through it and see what happens? Exactly. And I think it has to be all six of us. We got those envelopes for a reason. I don't know what that reason is yet, but this is the best way to find out.
1: Here goes. Everybody ready?
0: Oh, the door's there again. Everybody sees it,
2: right? We do. Well, at least I do. If anybody doesn't see it, speak up. I'm not sure if I'm relieved or not.
1: Only one way to know which one you should be. Hope it's got a big space on the other side. We've got quite a caravan here.
0: This doesn't look like what I remember.
1: Yeah, it's like we skipped the whole middle part.
6: Everybody back up.
4: The wall it's opening.
1: That green,
4: it almost looks like a
0: fissure site.
4: It's a lot brighter than any fissure site I've come across. And louder. I hope a scorch piece isn't about to pop out at us.
7: Radiation levels aren't just normal, they're non-existent. Whatever it is, at least it's not radioactive. Look! Is that- Wait, it's not a scorch beast, it's a person! Someone's coming
4: through! Beth? Is... is
0: it really you? One, two, three,
7: four, five, six. Good. You're all here. Alright everyone, here's where things get complicated.
3: Once Upon a Wasteland, Season 2, Episode 3 This New Kind of War was produced and directed by Brad Williams and written by D.K. Trueno Starring Letitia Lemon as Elizabeth Kirby Vitriol Plays as Odessa Valdez and Lucy Middleton as Amanda Otis Also starring Addison Mosby as Derek Hewitt Summer Rose as Jessica Navia Benjamin Campbell as Knight Gregory Carlson, and Maria Cheshire as Cindy Connors. Featuring Pandora Beatrix as Paladin Leila Romani, Elliot O'Brien as Craig McAllen, Eric B. Rollin as Bones, and Ashley Secon as the narrator. Please join us for our next episode, Season 2, Episode 4, Great and Distinctive Changes.
7: It's the year 2050, the not too distant future, but Ezra's world looks much different than ours. Welcome home, Ezra. Democracy has disappeared. Everybody's under surveillance and information is censored. And yet, no one seems to notice. This is the story of Disconnected in 2050, a dystopian podcast built to warn listeners about the dangers of allowing big tech companies to have too much power. Listen wherever you get podcasts. Europod.
9: I'm Brad Williams, the creator of Once Upon a Wasteland. We'd like to thank you for joining us for the third episode of our second season, and we hope that you'll continue to join us as we follow Beth and Odessa's journey toward happily ever after. For more information on our show, visit our website, onceuponawasteland.com, where you'll find show information, scripts for each episode, artwork, and more. You can also find us on Twitter at onceupon76pod, on Instagram at Once Upon a Wasteland, and on Hive at Once Upon. If you like this episode, please leave a rating and review, and we hope you'll subscribe as well. And please tell your friends. If you have any comments, questions, or concerns, you can reach out to us directly on Twitter or via email at Brad at OnceUponAWasteland.com. Thank you.
10: from top of the world. Now, it's time for your local traffic and weather. Welp, looks like almost everyone's still dead, so traffic is at a standstill. <laughs> and now a word from our sponsor, cause they're totally not bribing me with massive amounts of chems or anything same as the stuffed shirts are back at the White Springs playing games with that total loser, Modus. But hey, if that's your thing, whatever! So if all you squares wanted to hear more, totally, sort of, but maybe not boring stories about rebuilding Appalachia and being all goody-two-shoes, definitely not raiders, check out this thing they call a podcast, The Modus Files, whatever that's supposed to be. On Spotify, iTunes, and wherever else you listen to those things. Double ugh. They're not paying me enough for this. Till later. This is Rose. Raiders rule!